Are we waiting on John or? Mm, I think we can. Pedro, are you on? Mm -hmm. Hey, Pedro. We're going to find out why we didn't make it. Fires got their part, their orange, and they were both done at the same time. So, should have been the same, same thing. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around losing Pedro, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. <clears throat> Where's the start out, John? Sure. All right. Call the pension board meeting to order. Roll call, please. Charles Geiger. Here. Aaron Soltz. Aaron Soltz is not here. Sorry. Um, Joe Mahoney. Here. Miles Lawler. Here. And David Williams. Here. All right. We do have a quorum with four trustees present. Pedro Herrera. Attorney, plan attorneys on the line, and Doug Lozen, actuary, is here as well. Two is public comments. Seeing none, we'll close that and move to three. Approval of minutes. Look for a motion. I make a motion to approve the minutes. Uh, second. And roll call, please. Joe Mahoney? Yes. Charles Geiger? Yes. David Williams? Yes. Miles Lawler? Yes. Motion carries four to zero. Uh, new business for actual expenses through September 30, 2022. Right. So you'll see these in your agenda packet. Hang on. Let me pull this up here. Keeps going too fast for me today. And you'll see them on your screen there as well. Uh, we okay. uh, we did not go over our budget, um, so if you all don't have any questions about this, we'll submit this to the state. It goes in with the annual report. Any questions? Nope. No. Suggested changes, nothing like that? Okay. So I just need a motion to... Approve it. Look for a motion. Make a motion to approve the actual expenses through September 30th of 2022. Second. Uh, roll call. Joe Mahoney? Yes. David Williams? Yes. Miles Lawler? Yes. And Charles Geiger? Yes. All right. Motion carries 4 to 0. Thank you. All right. Move to 4B, share plan earnings. 
This is Doug with Foster and Foster. Um, I understand um, the question. Uh, we delivered the share plan schedule uh, through September 30th of 2022, and it is reflecting the actual plan return uh, for fiscal 22, which was negative. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I don't have the exact number. It was double digits. I'm guessing probably minus 15 or so. Um, I also understand that there might have been an expectation that it was it was no lower than zero, but the ordinance, uh, the last restatement from 2016, the language in the ordinance uh, still has whatever the plan gets, positive or negative. Um, I understand you you may have uh, an administrative policy, as many plans do have administrative policies for things that are not explicitly written in the ordinance regarding share plans, but this is explicitly written, is that it's whatever the plan gets, meta fees. So that is the explanation of the mismatch between, hey, fire got a zero, you know, there is no loss, but the, the, the fire ordinance was amended. The police ordinance wasn't. So that's the the quick and dirty on the share plan update, unfortunately. So Michelle, are, are you going to put together a um, request on the city council agenda? No, that's something that Pedro's gonna have to do and I believe Doug's gonna have to do an impact statement. Pedro, can you chime in? So yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm just having a little bit of, of, of a hard time. It's, it's kind of far away. Um, so I think, can you guys maybe help me understand where, where we are right now? So we were talking about the share plan and the uh, the way the fire department has it written where it's zero and there's if the actual return is in the negative. And we were wondering if we would be able to propose the same thing for the police share plan. Right. And I think, and, and, and I, I know Doug and, and Michelle are there. So I, wasn't there an issue with, um, hold on one second, I'm just pulling up my. Uh, so the question was, on the police side, we took the actual was a loss, which was reflected in our share plan, uh, where the fire department's uh, ordinance is written as even if they take a loss, it'll be zero, correct? They have a zero percent floor. Yeah. Zero percent floor. And Pedro, um, both ordinances and policies were all done at the same time. All four documents were done at the same time. Um, so the fire ordinance and policy provides for a zero percent floor. There's no cap on the earnings. The police policy has a 0% floor language in there, but the ordinance does not. So that's, that's the problem. Right, but, the, but we still had the policy, right, from, from several years ago that, that, that had the 0%, correct? That's correct. 
Okay. So I think so. You know, obviously we have to go through the city to to enact an amendment. Um, and and just help me. And, and maybe this was a question that you guys answered already. But uh, the the collective bargaining agreement did it speak to this? No. No, it does not. Okay. Um, so then the, the thought would be that we would just reach out to the city, uh, city attorney's office, the city, um, and just advise that it was an oversight, that it should have been the same um, provision as part of the ordinance amendment, um, that we had the policy in place, uh, and then we need to amend the ordinance to, to allow for the, the 0% floor. Yes, correct. So we can, uh, I can, I can absolutely do that. And then, do you need an impact letter from Doug if it's going to be some kind of financial impact to the city? We we would, we would. Um, I mean, we still have a little bit of time, but but yes, that's exactly right, sir. Okay. Did you hear that, Doug? Rigor generally is a drafting of an ordinance, uh, but it's case by case. If you want an impact statement to go in conjunction with the proposal to the city, we can do that even if a first draft is not done. That, that, am I reading that right, that that's something you'd like? At the same time you're reaching out to the city attorney through Pedro that you would like an estimate of the impact from us in advance? That is, sir. Okay. Now, real quick, Doug, with with the the zero percent floor, so let let's say fires plan right now. Um, let's say a firefighter gets, let's just use round numbers, ten thousand dollars out of their out of their one seventy five money, and then they they plan as a negative return. What of that ten thousand dollars is still there? Is it still ten thousand dollars? Yes. Whole? Okay. It's uh, the the interest is always applied to the prior year balance. As of, so each September 30th, we roll forward to the next September 30th, and we get the return for the year, and we apply it to that prior year balance like, like any bank interest. In the case of FIRE, it was very simple. It said, well, we just protect that prior year balance and then add new monies to it. Here, we took the prior year balance, subtracted about a 16%, and then added new monies. Perfect. So the proposal here we want to make sure also is that you you're intending to make this retroactive to September 30th of 22. Correct. So we want to make sure that language is put in to the the proposal to the city attorney. If it did if it's not retroactive then then all of this is for nothing. So. I think it was just an, an oversight obviously because fire and police mirror each other. Sure, I understand. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I, I know. I'm not sure what on. happened, but we'll fix it, I guess. Okay. Anything else on share plan earnings? All right. Move on to five reports and Doug again.
today, but it's uh, it might be a surprise. All right. The the surprise here is looking at the two columns. The the city's contribution rate, that percent of payroll, uh, is expected to go down and the plan's funded status actually increased and maybe that's not what you were expecting knowing that the plan had about a minus 15 or 16 percent return last year uh, but remember we use a smoothing on plan assets for funding purposes so that that smoothing period which is a four-year average actually wasn't horrible you know the we were assuming 7.4. The four-year average came in at about four and a half. Um, and you also had some pretty large salary increases this last year. Data the city reported to us is the officers that were here, the same group, on September 30th of 21 compared to 22, not, not even counting new hires. The ongoing group got an average increase of about 13% or so. Everybody's a little bit different, some higher, some lower, but on average 13%, which by the way is common. I've seen that around the state when there's recruitment, retention attempts going on, trying to keep people, you know, from, from high turnover, uh, minimum wage laws going into place, raising managers at fast food restaurants up to 15, 16, 17 bucks an hour, inflation. So I'm not surprised to see salary increase of 13%. It's, it's that large salary increase that actually had a lot to do with why that percent of payroll went down. Just think of it this way. Think of uh, your own personal life. You're, you're paying off debt on something, home mortgage, car, whatever. It's a fixed dollar amount, but then you get a big raise. It's easier to make that payment now, isn't it? That, that, that uh, debt payment as a percentage of your take-home pay, it's easier it's a smaller percentage when you get a big raise. It, that's what's going on here. Payroll went up quite a bit. So the debt portion of the unfunded liability is now spread out over a bigger payroll. And so that helps. So that's really the explanation of why the city's funding as a, as a percent went down from 48% down to about 46. But there's no way around it. That's, that's percent. The payroll went up enough. The city's going to be putting in more dollars in this plan. It's just, you know, you, your, your payroll went up, and I'm looking at the head count. Well, the head count's the same. We're still dealing with 30, 30 um, active officers. So um, uh, no other points to make on this page. I'll give you an update on your funded status. Um, if you swipe over to page 17, And if you take a look there, you can see the funded status actually has continued climbing um, for the last decade. You know, back 10 years ago, it was under 60% for the plan, and it's gone up almost every single year, including this one, and now we're up to 83% you know, or so. Um, this, this impact statement I'll do for the, the share plan will bring it down a bit is this is actually reflecting a credit on the, on the share plan balances that help the funded ratio. We'll have to give that back a little bit, but uh, you'll, the plan will still be 
you know, in the 80% or above range. If the city says, yeah, we're, we're good with putting a zero uh, and redoing the share plan statements, the plan will still be in that 80% funded status range, so that won't be an issue. I, I do think it will pull back in the next couple of years as we phase in that loss from fiscal 22. You know, smoothing doesn't do away with reality, it just phases it in. Uh, but yeah, that's, I'll, you'll just have to see me once a year, I'll give you an update, tell the city how much you need to put in, and it's cash that'll make up. You know, if the fund of status goes down a little bit, you just, you just need some more cash from the city, and, uh, but I don't think it's gonna be any big sticker shock. So, um, I'll call my part done here, um, unless you've got any questions on it. No, sir, thank you. Okay, then um, let's go through two exercises. One is to approve this report, and then I'll let JT uh, do the honors of taking you through in a little exercise after that. Motion. I make a motion to approve uh, the foster foster plan action report. Second. Okay. Joe Mahoney. Yes. Charles Geiger. Yes. Miles Lawler. Yes. And David Williams. Yes. All right. Motion carries four to zero. Thank you. I make a motion to approve the investment consultant from ANCO. 7.4. Second. Second. Joe Mahoney? Yes. Charles Geiger? Yes. Miles Lawler? Yes. And David Williams? Yes. All right. Motion carries 4 to 0. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Next is 5B, John. All right, so a lot has happened uh, since, uh, especially Friday. Uh, so uh, we're getting this going on. We've been shaking the door. Yeah, so uh, do you guys want me to tell you in a, in a nutshell what happened? Much, uh, you know, a bank, a bank they take in uh, deposits, right? And then how they make money is they make loans. And there's a duration mismatch. And all this uh, the system works because, uh, you know, usually they say your money's at the bank at full amount. Um, but if everybody wants their money back at one time, they can have some problems. And uh, basically, um, the F, uh, banks have to have a certain amount of assets on their, on their balance sheet. And those assets are pretty much bonds. Remember last year, bonds were down like 13% um, because they raised rates so quickly. Um, so their bonds are down just like everybody else's, and that means they had to raise equity. And they went out to the market to basically try to get Goldman Sachs to give them some money, some new regulations, and they didn't get it last week. And there was like one pretty prominent venture capital guy that told all of his companies over in the San Francisco area that they're good to uh, take the money out now. So they, on Friday, much have $42 billion of people coming to their bank saying, like, we want our money now, and then that's how the whole system works. And so the company goes crazy. <laughs> so um, that bank was unique, too, uh, because, uh, you know, for most people like us, 
you know, the FDIC has a $250,000 guarantee, meaning that, hey, your money's there, even if the bank blows up, you know, the government's like, hey, we got you, we're good. Well, uh, for perspective, uh, Bank of America, like 70 to 75% of their assets are under that 250k limit. You know, so uh, nobody's going to go running on Bank of America. That bank, just because of it's in Silicon Valley, how it's unique. Uh, those companies get funding from venture capital funds. Lots of money is going around. Lots of operating reserves there for these companies. Uh, like over ninety percent of their assets, I believe, um, were above the two hundred fifty k threshold. So it's it's a it's a big problem. You know, it's not really a you know you probably hear the term uh, bailout. It's not. If you had stock in that company, it's uh you're wiped out. It's more of a backstop because uh. A lot of it was operating assets, and that's to make payroll. You know, they funded all kinds of different things. In fact, we have, uh, you know, I, I don't believe you all, you all with our real estate, I'll get into. Um, but managers, they, they have, uh, you know, we have one. Uh, you guys don't have it. We have it in the real estate project. They had money at that bank, and on Friday they couldn't get that money. You know, so now they can. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, pretty much uh, it's, we're not out of the woods. Uh, the good thing is the financial system did not collapse. It would have been bad, you know, if you have money there and all, you know. It, but I think uh, you know, we're seeing it today is that regional banks are uh, in some trouble right now. So if uh, the government did not come in, I can tell you what's going to happen. Every regional bank is going to go out. In a couple of weeks here, we're going to have basically four banks, like J.P. Morgan, Bank of North Virginia. So that, that's not going to happen. But I think uh, if we weren't headed for a recession, I'd be pretty concerned. Put this in there, and uh, basically because a lot of activity. Time being, um, I've already got. I, I do not believe I, uh, your bond manager had a Kroger. I had some other managers that uh, you know their bonds got wiped out, uh, but it was, it was a, a very small part of the funds that got to those deals. But I believe Integrity did not have any. And on the equity side, again, uh, not not near 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 as good as that. So I think we are uh, we're good there. Um, but still, where we were on Friday this weekend, I was. If I was here, uh, you know, a month ago, I would have a really nice report for you. Uh, this report still is uh, very strong. If you look at it, you can see we're up over six. Uh, I probably would have told you, you know, over a month ago, you guys were up in the eleven uh, percent, twelve for your fiscal year. Um, but as of this morning, when I kind of look at it, I kind of think you guys are pretty much uh, right around flat for this current quarter. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next two weeks. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this is the start of a new fiscal year. Report and uh, obviously this evening was the uh, the last financial installment of this uh, you know, this number that you're seeing probably right at that point. So um, you know we're pretty late in the quarter here. I think you all know that for ending 1231, that uh, you know uh, stocks and bonds did well. You know October 12th was the low. Uh, unfortunate for both reports and the uh, you know our our fiscal year ending there, but. Uh, First quarter of the new fiscal year, we are off to a tremendous.
part. Um, visually on page uh, five, um, you can see there for the quarter upper, upper right hand uh, corner. Um, page five, blue is U.S. stocks. You can see we're up almost eight percent for this quarter. International stocks are up over fourteen percent, and bonds are up three percent. So uh, earnings twelve thirty one. always something out there, but I used to say uh, before that fight uh, last 2022 was over and earnings were over, and I'm always saying that. Um, you know, so uh, off to a good start. Uh, your allocation on page, on the slide chart on page uh, 14 and 15. So here, when I'm looking at your uh, your policy statement, um, it's where we are as of this morning. Returns here on page uh, 20 and 21. Um, you'll see there, um, you know, like I said, up uh, 5%. Um, I could have, you know, a month ago I would have told you it was back over uh, double digits, um, but I think uh, you can tell you, you know, it's been over two now, so, um, you know, right around 6%. So, uh, you know, that's that's the case. Um, kind of looking at your managers there um, for this current quarter. As we go down the page on page 20, um, you know, value stocks, which is like for us, it's uh, Vanguard Equity Income. Like for, the, uh, for this quarter, they did extremely well. You can see they're up 13.92 versus your gross, which is that MSF stands up 3.9%. So for value outperformed, uh, when you see me next time, there's going to be a This report and those values going up. Um, on page 21, international, uh, th those are some big numbers. And, uh, you know, uh, American up over almost 14 and Transamerica up almost 20. Um, so those are real. And a lot of that, uh, half of that was transparency. Um, we're looking at uh, the returns are pretty much the same, but uh, when you look at our international return, which is converted back to a dollar, so that dollar decreases a lot during this quarter, so you're buying a lot more dollars in this quarter um, than when you uh, left off last quarter. Um, so that 20% for Transamerica um, is a real number for this quarter. Uh, and then your bonds there, you know, uh, up 1.8%. Uh, and, uh, you know, Earl does a great job. Uh, we did not have that bond uh, for the uh, bank that was good. Um, but uh, you know, bonds, uh, said we'll stop raising rates here uh, soon enough. And then uh, lastly, we talked about this last time, but uh, American uh, real estate, you see a negative 5.42. Remember uh, last year when everything, stocks and bonds were bad, and they had a 25% return? Uh, well, in essence, this is that in real estate. Uh, I've been saying that I think that was 10% too much. We'll probably get 10% back. So we gave a big chunk back this quarter. Uh, so if we give over five back, you know, we can tell you about five is there. So, uh, like I said, this report here shows you up over five, and 
Tomorrow's a big day. Uh, inflation numbers come out um, for the consumer. And then also uh, this week we have some retail numbers. Uh, remember back in January, uh, Seven Americans spent uh, roughly the money Monday night uh, at Casa Lunch. So that number's big. And then uh, the producer's inflation numbers will be showing there. We'll see what Macy's is. Uh, their inflation numbers uh, this week as well. So there, uh, besides the bank thing, there was a bunch of stuff uh, that was going to move the market like crazy this week. With. And then uh, the Fed meets on uh, March 22nd. Uh, so they're meeting on the 10th, so who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. My thinking now is that uh, we already priced in a, a month ago, uh, everybody thought that we were, the Fed was going to lower rates this year. February wiped that out. The market repriced, so that's why it was kind of negative. And then this bank thing happened, and uh, I think this is teetering on the edge here, that soft landing, if we were headed in the right direction, I think we just kind of got pushed off there. Um, but we will see. Uh, and, you know, maybe a good thing is, is that instead of kicking this can down the road here, that there might be a little bit of pain with our recession just for the need for inflation to stop and slow back down to 2%. You know, maybe we need to kind of crank this thing and really build something here because the Fed was doing all, you know, all, the, all the noise and then Overall, uh, whatever happens, we're off to a good start. Six percent right now, quite a bit of a cushion. And uh, if there's any bad stuff, hopefully we can work through it right here. Uh, sooner than later, before the inflation stuff starts up.
Please enter your billing number, followed by the Please say your name, followed by To activate the menu, please press star, followed by the menu key. You are the first participant in the conference. Hmm? Making your car payment? <laughs> Making my car payment. I just, I just. It's technical difficulties. We definitely did. Yeah, I did. Try again. I'm so sorry. I was trying to adjust the microphone. Pedro. Has joined. Hello? Hey. Nope, that all sounded great, Pedro. Hey. That's good. Thanks, Pedro. I guess you guys didn't like what I was saying, I imagine. <laughs> but, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, just, just really quickly, if you guys recall, um, about 2019, a couple years ago, there was the first iteration of the SECURE Act. And what that did was it increased the required minimum distribution age uh, for qualified plans such as ours from age uh, 70 and a half to age 72. Um, and so this version actually increases it yet again to age 73. Um, and then by 2030, uh, it will actually be age 75. So hopefully this will be the last time we're going to need to amend your plan. But, but just as we did uh, with the first SECURE Act, um, we would need to amend your plan again now to account for the new required minimum distribution age. And, and not, not because it's going to matter really administratively, obviously, because you know, everybody retires sooner than that. Um, uh, the, the only time it could come into play potentially is if there's a drop account uh, or a share account. Uh, but I believe that this plan... Um, some plans allow for members to keep their monies in the plan uh, even after they separate service uh, until the sooner of, essentially, or the later of, rather, um, required minimum distribution age or, or, or potentially a 415 limit. But, um, but I, I don't believe this plan has that provision. So, so administratively, it's not going to matter. Uh, but um, nonetheless, just as, a, as, a, as part of our tax qualification, right, it's keeping our tax exemptions. Uh, we do need to have certain language in the ordinance uh, for compliance purposes. Uh, so, so we will need to make that amendment to, uh, to the plan. Again, it shouldn't have any fiscal impact or, or administrative impact, but, but nonetheless, it's just something we have to do. Um, and then the, the Secure Act 2.0 also does a couple other things. Uh, for, for police officers, um, they're right now under, under another bill that helps. Um, Congress loves its acronyms. Uh, there was a provision that allowed for retirees, police officer retirees, first responder retirees, uh, to deduct or exempt $3,000 from their pension 
provided it was used to pay for health insurance. Uh, the only caveat was that the insurance company needed to receive payment directly from the pension fund. Um, so, so this bill actually removes that requirement and, and I think just provides greater flexibility to retirees and allows for the payment to be made directly from the retiree rather than the pension fund. So, so it'll reduce a little bit of the administrative burden uh, on the pension side and then I think uh, allow for some greater flexibility on the, uh, on the retiree side. So, so that's, a, that's a nice benefit provided for, uh, under this, uh, this new SECURE Act. Um, also, it addresses, I think, a disconnect um, where, with respect to Rule 72T, and without, without getting too far into the weeds, and I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot of uh, acronyms and terminology out, and it's super exciting, but essentially what this does is this, uh, it provides a 10% penalty um, if you receive a distribution from one of these uh, qualified retirement accounts um, before a certain age, right? And so for uh, police officers or for firefighters, uh, that age was actually was, um, was 50, 50 and a half. Um, this new SECURE Act adds another exemption or an additional exemption to, to that 10% penalty uh, for, for police officers who have uh, retired with 25 years of service regardless of their age. So as you guys are aware, there's many plans around the country and, and here obviously in the state of Florida that provide for normal retirement uh, upon 25 years of service or potentially upon 20 years of service regardless of their age. Um, so what was happening, some of these plans, these folks would be eligible for retirement, but, but because of this Rule 72T, uh, they weren't eligible to start collecting on some of their benefits. So I think this goes towards addressing that, that disconnect between the way plans are administered and, and what the tax code provided for. Um, another benefit, um, the currently, as, as you guys are, are probably aware, uh, line-of-duty disabilities um, are, are, are premised, uh, are, are provided tax exemption, right, um, up, to, uh, up to a certain amount. And so some plans, however, would convert a disability benefit automatically upon the member reaching normal retirement age as defined by the plan. And so, you know, obviously the member remains disabled, but, but now it's being coded differently by the pension plan, uh, again, really through the fault of the member. Um, and so now from the IRS perspective, they were subject to those taxes, right? And so uh, this goes to address that. And, and now even if the plan would automatically convert it to a normal form of benefit uh, for tax purposes, the IRS would still consider it um, as a disability pension and therefore continue to carry that, that favorable tax exemption. So that's a nice benefit um, for, for, for certain disabled retirees. And then on the last page of the report, uh, I just included some, some uh, additional provisions that really don't affect our plan specifically, but, but apply more to the defined contribution space. So um, your 457 plan, your 401A plan, you have a 401K plan in another life maybe. Um, so those kinds of plans and, and maybe helpful, or you can use it as a resource potentially in uh, talking to your financial planner or an accountant. We're um, just trying to impress people at parties. But um, that's, uh, that's the SECURE Act 2.0 um, in, in as much of a nutshell as I can make it. I know uh, I tried to be brief, but it wasn't very successful. So I apologize for that. Is there any questions or anything on that? 
No, sir. Okay. Um, and then just uh, locally, legislatively, session began last week, Wednesday, uh, I believe it was, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Um, and there has been one bill that was filed uh, that would affect our pension and, and, and uh, a new, uh, several entities here in Florida. Uh, it's House Bill 3. Um, and essentially what this is going to do is it would require uh, fiduciaries such as yourselves stewarding public funds um, when they're making their investment decisions to strictly focus those decisions uh, and discussions on uh, pecuniary factors, quote-unquote. And what that means is that uh, the board or the trustees, the fiduciaries, would only consider uh, kind of empirical data, right, empirical metrics, so risk, return, standard deviation, fees, alpha, all those good, uh, all those good metrics that, that John includes as part of his report, as part of his analysis. However, it would be prohibited or impermissible for uh, fiduciaries to consider anything outside of those pecuniary factors. So you guys have heard the term ESG, right, environmental, social, governance. Uh, any kind of um, ESG factor or, or, or other factor um, would not be permissible uh, to be included as part of the consideration. So, um, you know, again, practically speaking, I don't think it affects this board, uh, but to the extent that it potentially um, could influence, uh, we, ha we have to do, we have to have certain language in our investment management agreement. Uh, the plan will have to file an additional report with the state, and then in turn, the state will file that report with the governor's office. Um, so administratively, it is going to provide some additional hoops that we're going to have to jump through. But, um, you know, it, there's, there's not really much we can do about it. We just have to kind of comply and, and move forward. So um, it, it will also potentially address proxy voting. Right now, uh, obviously, uh, as part of our equity portfolio as a shareholder, we own a piece of the company. And so, therefore, anytime there's a, there's a corporate action, um, there's a vote that needs to be taken, and, and the majority of the shareholders need to approve it in certain instances. So um, any such vote would need to follow the same kind of pecuniary standards um, and exclusively, right? And so we may have to address our proxy voting uh, with our managers, with our equity fleet. So, again, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but I just wanted to put it on your radar that that is out there. Um, it does affect, like I mentioned, not only public pension funds, but it will affect, uh, obviously, FRS. Um, you guys may have heard about this started back uh, last summer, and it was more of a policy decision by the SBA where they, where they kind of implemented this as a policy. Uh, but now, obviously, this bill would codify that. Uh, so it would apply to the SBA, the uh, FRS system as well. Uh, it's going to apply to uh, banks and trust companies, any qualified public depository here in the state that, that holds public funds, um, as well as any agency that's going to issue a bond uh, would need to follow the same model. So it's, it's pretty far-reaching and, and pretty extensive. Uh, my understanding is it does have bicameral support, so, so this is expected to pass pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but we'll, we'll keep you posted in terms of what the final language looks like. Um, once the uh, once the vote is taken, but I just wanted to put it on your radar. Um, any questions on that? No, sir. Have I sufficiently lulled you to sleep, ready for lunch? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, um, and and really that's it. That 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 concludes our report. All right, thank you, Pedro.
Do we need a motion to uh, the proposed ordinance change? Hey, Pedro. So I, I would say uh, for, for my purposes, no. I think just general consensus of the board is agreeable to, to, to us uh, drafting the amendment and sending it off to the city. Um, I will say, however, though, to, to um, we will need an impact statement from Doug. Um, so, so since we're going to be uh, spending money, um, I would say that a, that a motion would be in order to, to authorize um, your attorney to prepare the amendment and, and your actuary to prepare the necessary impact statement. So uh, he presentation to the city. I don't, you're talking about the first one. No, no. Oh, you're talking about the you're, first one. You're talking about the share plan. The share plan one, correct? So I was talking about the SECURE Act. I thought that's what the question was. Uh, but for the share plan, I think you guys authorized it initially, right, when we first discussed it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what do we need a motion for now? I'm sorry. So it, it, for it, consensus? So I think my thought was that I would include both amendments um, so that we wouldn't have to kind of go to council multiple times. I would include both amendments. Uh, but but Doug's going to have to prepare an impact statement for the Secure Act amendment as well, changing that required minimum distribution age. Again, it should be a no impact, but but nonetheless, he's still going to have to prepare that for uh, for council by for their sec for the last reading, which I think you guys have two readings. Um, so that that was that was what the the motion would just be to authorize him preparing that statement. Okay. Not yet, and then we have, so we have three amendments total. Pedro, one is the Secure Act, one is the um, Share Plan, and one is the Police Chief opt out. Okay, yes, sir. So, do we have a consensus? Doug to um, do an amendment on all three? Yes. Copy. Okay. Got it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, Pedro. So you're good on that. All three were okay with us as a board. Yes, sir. All right. We'll move on to Okay, six. we'll get that done. Okay, thank, thank you, Pedro. Pedro. Move to six, consent agenda. I make a motion to approve the consent agenda as advertised. Second. Roll call. Uh, Miles Lawler, how do you vote? Yes. Dave Williams? Yes. Joe Mahoney? Yes. And Charles Geiger? Yes, ma'am. All right, motion carries four to zero. Thank you. Seven trustee reports discussion. I don't have any trustee reports. Huh? Anything else for us? I do not. All right. And we'll go ahead and adjourn. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks, Pedro. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey, Michelle, am I using the same conference line?